welcome to Suck My Fanfic. I believe this is the 38th episode. Is that correct? Yeah, I feel uh, I feel mildly disappointed and like my life is passing me by. So 38 sounds about right. Maybe 35. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two more episodes and we're probably going to have a, a, mid, a mid-cast crisis. Ha <laughs> ha! How's that? Yeah, despite being called Suck My Fanfic, this podcast is a virgin. So we should probably do uh, some 40-year-old virgin fanfic for that episode. Bro, why the fuck would you ruin it? You're supposed to be a fucking surprise. <laughs> fuck you, dude. We're going to do a back-to-back 40-year-old um, version, and this is 40. It's going to be a Judd Apatow-centered fanfic episode. I would want to kill myself if we did that. Legitimately. <laughs> you don't want, you're not feeling Judd? You're not feeling Judd? Uh, I don't think Judd is bad. I like some of his movies, but I don't think he's a comedic legend, comedic genius. Here's a hot take. Here's a hot take. Um, Judd Apatow in like the early mid two thousands with like the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of like adult comedies. That's not a hot take. I totally agree. He's just like cranking out kind of similar characters, definitely similar actors, similar yep. plots, like good quality stuff that yep. you kind of watch and then you just move on from. The same like four people are involved in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you know they're good. They're good. They're all you know kind of connected by a tone. Everything mm-hmm. you know what to expect going into. Mm-hmm, and but mm-hmm. when they came out, everyone was like, "What?" Like freaked out when they first came out. Yeah. And uh, Martin Scorsese absolutely hates them. So that all tracks. That's a good metaphor, dude. We're like right there with this. Wow, I, I killed go, it. Go you, dude. So, <laughs> uh, opening topic. Are you ready? Yeah. I saw the Joker on Tuesday. Finally. Oh, finally. Fucking finally. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm the worst. For someone who claims. Yeah, for someone who claims to like comic books, I mean, it took you a while to see. This is the most profitable comic book movie ever. It's such it a is, low budget. It made yes. over a billion. That's ridiculous. And it was a rated R movie, which is even crazier. Yeah, well, everyone's all about the rated R's now. What did you uh, What you think? Uh, if I had to describe it in one word, it would be brutal. That was a fucking brutal, yeah. brutal movie. But I thought it was really good. You didn't think it was like revolutionary? Like, oh my god, this is the first time I've ever seen a movie like this? I'm always so fickle to make a statement like that because I feel like just because of the fact that I'm a uh, millennial slash Gen Z or piece of shit that we always have to be like, that's the first time that a gay person won an Emmy. No, it's not. Sam Smith's not special. And that song fucking sucks. So don't like, wait, don't wait, pa- wait. What's don't what's pat song yourself on right the bed. Um, stay with me. <laughs> don't back down by Tom Petty yeah. actually is what the song is, but it's stay with me. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like the fucking the, dumbasses. We're, we're dumbasses. And everyone, we want to feel special like we're doing something. So it's like, Sam Smith won an Emmy? Oh, well, or not an Emmy. What the fuck is it? Grammy. Grammy. That's the first time an openly gay person won a Grammy. No, it's not. Are you, are you, are you dumb? What are you talking about? Like, you're not special just because you were alive when you think something happened for the first time. It's, it's interesting. Um, no, no, it's a good, it's a good point you're saying this because I just remember. I was watching the Joker and being like, yeah, this is a good movie, but it just, it seems like a, this is almost like a, like a send up to like movies from the seventies. Like this is just like taxi with, yeah. with white grease face paint. Yeah. And which is nothing, fine. It's fine. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong Definitely with that. Nothing so innovative. Like, no. And it's hard, it's hard for me to sit there and be like, it's the most innovative movie of all time. Cause I haven't seen every movie and I, I hate that too, where it's like, it's like, yeah, my top five are uh fight club. Uh, um, what's that fucking, <laughs> what is it? Um, I never remember the name of this goddamn movie. The one with John Travolta and the, it's Sam L. Jackson. God damn it. Um, um the Harry D. Old dogs. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Old dogs. I'm just um, naming, I'm just naming John Travolta smash hits. The fucking, uh, I'm, I'm going to sound like a, a complete and total idiot to anyone who's listening to this. The, the movie everybody fucking likes where, uh, do I, does he look like a bitch? You're just talking Pulp Fiction, but I want to just keep naming. Uh, I know John you do, and fuck you. Yes, it's Pulp Fiction. Yeah, so that's my that's my fourth rated uh, movie of all time. Is definitely Pulp Fiction, and then I'd probably say Donnie Darko, and then yep. um, yeah, for dreams. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to be a film student with these with Memento. these picks. Memento. <laughs> yeah, I just I hate the fact that like, oh, it's the best movie of all time. I haven't seen every movie, and I, you don't have to watch every movie to think the movie is the best movie of all time. But I would rather phrase it as, oh, that's probably the best movie I've ever seen. Or that's the most revolutionary movie I've ever seen. Because then at least What about, I... like, that's my favorite movie? Oh, I love that. Dude, that that's exactly where I stand. Like, I, I'm, uh, I'm such a... 
I'm such an asshole because for me, when I watch a movie, I'm like, was it good? Yes or no. But was I entertained? Yes or no. If I was entertained by the movie, True. like, well, you know, I, I had this one friend and he, um, I might've already told this story in the podcast, but fuck you. I'm going to tell it again. Cause not everybody listens to every, ep- uh. every episode. He goes, we walked out of a movie. It was Venom. It was Venom. We walked out of Venom and he goes, what'd you think? I'm like, Oh, I thought it was good. He's like, yeah, yeah, but what'd you think out of ten? I'm like, I don't, I don't have a, a out of ten rating. He's like, yeah, 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 but just, just, just put it out of ten. I'm like, I don't want to put it out of ten. I don't know why you're like forcing me to rate the movie. He's like, dude, if you just had to rate the movie, if you went on IMDb right now and rated the movie, what would you rate it? And I go, ah, fuck it, a seven. A seven, bro? Are you serious? You made me fucking rate the movie, you bitch. What do you mean? Am I serious? So, like, I just hate the fact that, like, not only do we have to rate everything, but, like, for me, if I walked out of a movie entertained, it's probably going to get a 7. Like, the, the, the first five numbers out of the 10 rating system for me are absolutely useless. Absolutely fucking right. useless. I don't think I've yeah. ever rated a movie a 4. If I didn't like the movie, it's probably going to be, like, a 2 or a 3 or a 5. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty polar. It's, like, 7 was good, like, yeah. bad, I don't know, 1, and then if it was amazing, 10. Like, I really don't go for, like, the, the, the differences between a 5 and a 6. It's not no. like, you know, it was 5, but there wasn't enough, um, there weren't enough, you know, dogs in it or whatever, so it's not a 6. It hasn't hit my criteria. There's no math formula. I'm just like, eh, 7. Exactly. And, like, I've, I had friends in high school that, because I did acting, where they thought they were fucking movie critics. And, uh, you know, I'd go see a movie with them and instead of just enjoying the thing, they'd walk out of it, out of it and they'd be like, I give it a 6.7. I'm like, where'd you get the 0.7 from? Just say it's a fucking seven. Oh, well, I watched, I watched this film last night. It's rookie numbers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, where'd you get, where'd you get the 0.7 from? Well, I watched this film last night and it was a solid seven and this did not compare. Shut the fuck up. So I thought the Joker was good. I, I I thought it was really really good. I had three moments where I was physically uncomfortable, which I think is appropriate. Okay. Yeah. I when the when the gun fell out of his pocket at the children's hospital, I like Ooh, spoiler I, dropping some spoilers. It's been out for like a month. The only person that hadn't seen it yet was me. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> you were the one I thought would be opening night. Dude, I was, but I've been I've been so so swamped with school that it was just not going to happen. Uh, you call yourself a fan of detective comics. I know, I know. Uh, but I, I thought it was great. I thought the, I, I thought the fucking, um, the soundtrack was amazing. Such a good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It really during, ramped up the um, anxiety. Yeah, during the white or during the riots when the white room started playing by Cream, I was like, oh my god, yes! Like I was, I shouldn't have been cheering at that part because it was like a fucking riot. But I was, I was pretty hyped for that. Also, yeah. spoiler well, alert: I'll say it this time. The moment that he's on top of the cop car and he smears the blood to get the smile, I lost my goddamn mind, dude. That was such a good moment. Yeah, that was a good call. That was a good call to include that. That was so good. And I the I think the reason why I like the movie so much is because I'm still thinking about it, you know, this many days later, which is not that long, but it's, it's just sort of like I'm still disturbed by it, which is probably a good way to put it, because watching the movie and before he kills anybody i just have like so much uh sympathy for arthur like i just want the best for him and i'm like i i can tell you've come right. from a bad background i i can tell the system's failing you and there's nothing you can do about it and you couldn't help yourself if you wanted to and i just feel so bad for you like i i just want to help you and then he just starts murdering people and i'm like no you're fucking crazy but that's okay i you know i'm Interesting. i wanted to but you're crazy now um, it is, I think the reason people take umbrage with this film is because they don't think that the film does not a good enough job like making you have that turn where it's like I sympathize with this person and then ooh I see they've gone too far. But maybe you're like, not so. You to Fuck you who wants a um, black and white villain. I mean, the Joker of all people can be morally gray because in a sense, you know, chaos isn't bad and he's an agent of chaos. And so, I mean, but he kills a bunch of people. He's 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 pretty bad dude. I mean, he's, no, he's like a bad the number dude. one villain of all time. He is a bad guy for sure. But in this movie specifically, you watch it, but then you then you find out okay, he was abused as a kid. Then you find out okay, the reason that he has this nervous laugh that he has is because he was abused as a kid, and it's that neurological trauma. They made it the psychological. That's, that was really smart. So good. Then you you have the whole thing with with Thomas Wayne, and you realize that like oh he's he's getting torn through the loop, and then he finds out his mom isn't who she thought she was, or he isn't who he thought she was. That's right. a big moment. Like like I I have family members at this very moment struggling with something like that who are wrecking their lives, 
because they realize mm. that their parents are not who they thought they were. And mm. yeah, you want to watch the movie and think that he's all bad and he's a villain and you're not supposed to sympathize with him. And I'm not saying I sympathize with him murdering people, but um, just as a human being, I sympathize with the fact that he came from a terrible place and couldn't help it. And there was nothing that people were willing to do to help him. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think um, this makes him a lot more of a sympathetic and a better character than like a Joker that was damaged written on their forehead. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that guy's kind of a tool. Yeah, guy's just kind of an ass. Uh, motivation. That's like the Joker Chad you know, is with the damage on his face. Yeah. Well, I, I think also it's like, you know, people don't want to. They don't want to see like how this comes about, like how someone gets to that place where mm-hmm. they just resort to violence because they like need. They feel so silent, they feel so unseen that they need to do terrible things in order to yeah. have any sort of significance. Because that's really what I find is, is this guy struggling, yes, to be significant, to be someone, to be anything. Get you know, get noticed. That's what. That's all he wanted. I mean, whether he was going to be a comedian or not, like he just mm-hmm. wanted. He wanted to be known. So when he's standing on the the cop car at the end, I mean that's his um that's his curtain call. That's he gets that adrenaline. Any performer knows that's where he gets his first hit, and I think really he goes over the edge. Um, that is the best way to put it. Beautiful. I, I, yeah, I think this is just like the best thing about this movie for me because again, it's the plot, whatever you know, it's not like it's so basic. It's very simple. It's just such a like a such a visceral film. Like there's so many beautiful yeah. like 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 you said him on the cop car. Or the gun coming out of the pocket, or whatever. Like, or when he's in the, the bathroom and dancing. So many, yes, there's so many images that are really, yeah. really, really pretty, and like they seem like they're like less like, oh, I'm seeing this for the first time. And it's like, oh, this is I'm rediscovering this image. This is something I've held in my head for a while, and like now it is. It's really, I think it was really well shot and yes, choreographed. And everything. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then and that's why it's uncomfortable because it is so visceral. Like, there's things yeah. that you don't want to see. No, and I would I I don't think we could even if we wanted to compare Joaquin Phoenix's take on the Joker to Heath Ledger's. They're very different, but they're vo- right. both amazing. I think I think Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix, how you pronounce his name? I think Joaquin. he did a uh, Joaqu- Joaquin. I think Joaquin said or did an amazing job. I don't know for the way they are taking that character if anybody could have done a better job than him. Like absolutely amazing job on his part. Yeah, I mean, like again, like physically, <clears throat> the what he had to do as an actor was was very impressive. Yes. Um, not as impressive as, say, a um, John Travolta in Hairspray as Edna Turnblad, but Shut the fuck still up. impressive. Okay, so now we're going to move to our real important discussion, which is 2007's Wild Hogs, which is in my top five. In no, my top so five, maybe. <laughs> my top five is just John Travolta's shit movies. <laughs> so face off is number one. Dude, I like Wild Hogs, man. Wild Hogs. William H Macy. I'm looking. Did at I see William Wild H. Hogs H. in theater? Wild yes, I did. <laughs> did you? I actually oh, saw man. Wild Hogs in theater. Speaking of seeing things in theaters, well, you talk about like going to a movie. Just kind of wrap it up. You know, going to a movie and just seeing it, and it's like, yeah, it, obviously, I know this isn't a good movie, but well, was I entertained? You know, yeah. the year I think it was like 2010, maybe 2011. My sister wanted to go see the new Square movie. Um, and I was not old enough to get in and I was too much of a square. She wanted to see what? I think they were uh, scream scream. Oh, okay. Scream. scream. So the year's like 2010, 2011. Want to see scream. My sister wants to see scream. I'm too much of a square to sneak in to this R rated movie because I'm too young. So I went and saw fast five, the furious fast and the furious movie by myself. Sat in the front row, had never seen a fast and the furious movie ever, ever Mm -hmm. watched fast five. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Had a blast. Yeah, I don't think you have to watch the other movies to understand the whatever one you jump into. I don't think they're that deep. I mean, like, is it bad? Yes. Was it entertaining? Absolutely. Had a, That's all that had matters. A, just it was also like forty minutes long than Scream, so my sister was like waiting for me when I got out. And That's she, was what like, she that deserves. Movie wasn't good. And I was like, Fast Five was amazing. Good. I hope she. I hope she regrets uh, that. Yeah. Well, we're not a we're not a movie podcast. If you no, like we're not. No. If you'd like a more professional, nuanced take on films, particularly Joker, uh, we have a we have a a multitude of, of of recommendations for you, don't we? Yeah, but I would like to say the reason that I brought Joker up, I, I was going to tie this back to fanfic. Don't worry. Todd Phillips, the director of the Joker, do you know what else he is known for directing? The Hangover and Old School. Look at this motherfucker. This dude is a comedy director. He's directing right. one of the most like guttural, visceral, mo- uncomfortable movies. I've seen in a while, uh, but did a great job. So the story goes, and this is, I want to, I want to sell this concept to everybody. The story goes that Todd Phillips approached DC 
And um, he actually made a comment in an interview that he doesn't like to do comedy since people are so sensitive nowadays because he doesn't want to get attacked for things, mm. which, fair enough. And he approached DC and he said, I want to do a character study. I want to do a film that is centered around a villain. It's a character study. The hero doesn't even have to be in it, which, technically speaking, Batman wasn't in the movie. I will say I was bothered that they had the alley shooting at the end, but whatever. But he he approached the studio. He wanted to do that. And he said it's an Elseworlds. And if uh, I think we've talked about him on the show before, but Elseworlds comics are a DC thing. Uh, Marvel uh, Marvel's version is called Marvel's What If. And an Elseworlds comic is basically saying, what if this took place on another world? What if Batman didn't happen currently? What if Batman happened during the Civil War? Or what if Superman landed on Earth and accidentally killed his mom and repressed his powers but became an athlete. Or, you know, what if the Justice League did blank? And uh, they just write a whole story around that. And so this whole concept of the Joker is supposed to be an Elseworlds take, so I'm sure everybody knows, but it's not connected to the bigger universe. Uh, but Elseworlds are basically fan fiction because you're you're saying, what if this happened and this happened in blank and we just talked about it? And so I, it was almost like Todd Phillips did a, a movie, uh, a fan movie for the Joker, because it's not the Joker canon, it's not the Joker proper. Uh, but one of the biggest critiques that people had when they announced they were doing this movie is that the Joker's not supposed to have an origin. And you're not supposed right. to know where he comes from. He's supposed to be, you know, ambiguous. And I think they did a very good job at keeping that, but giving him a backstory. And what I mean by that is, again, spoiler alert... He was adopted. You don't know who his parents are. You don't know where he comes from. You don't know who he is. At one point, they literally said the child's name is unknown. So right. whether whether he goes by um, Arthur Fleck or whether he goes by Joker, that's not his real name, and we'll never know his real name. So it's still ambiguous. It's still unknown. And I think for what they were doing and for what they could have done, the fact that they did it that way, on the one hand, paid really good tribute to what the character is supposed to be and on the other hand was able to explore that space that turned him into that character and i think it was wonderful from a story perspective i think it was wonderful right uh it, it you know like i said it's, it's basically todd phillips fan film for joker but i i it's not a fan film i think it's amazing and i think <laughs> with I, no, access I, to like a-list actors and yeah, yeah. I, I but i also i think that this take on Joker is going to reflect a change in the comics potentially, which is then going to you know change. I, I think this is one of the the character defining stories that gets told, and um, I think we could see things change, especially since the this did so well. Todd Phillips said, "I want to not direct, but just sort of be in charge of these director driven, character driven Elseworld movies." And so they already oh, have they have a two faced one in the, in the works right now. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! Yeah, and they—they—it's not. I don't think it's be Matthew McConaughey who's, who's going to play Two Face in the Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. But oh um, wow, that—that that, I didn't even know that. That's yeah, be great. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey, um, Colin Farrell's going to p- play the Penguin, which uh, I'm okay with that. I at, there was talk at one point of him being Constantine from Justice League Dark, and I think he would have been a lot better at that. But I'm I'm down yeah. to see what he no, can the best, do. The only Constantine, the only Constantine is Keanu. Keanu, he's the only. He's I didn't hate that movie, honestly. I, I was in, I was entertained. Keanu Reeves is Constantine. Um, that sounds fantastic. And I heard that like Andy Serkis is going to be um, Alfred, Alfred, which I absolutely adore. Paul um, Dano is I going mean, to be the Riddler. Wow, that's a lot of villains. That is a lot of villains. There's three. Are they doing the War of Jokes and Riddles? No, because the Joker's not in it. Interesting. Well, yeah. as long as you get Kite Man. When they cast uh, uh, Channing Tatum as Kite Man, then I'll be ready to go. That's a pretty good cast right there, honestly. That was just right off the dome. That was right off the dome right there. That's good. Um, I'm proud of you. Yeah, well, yeah, it's interesting you bring up fan films because there's so many. You look at YouTube. There's so many. Oh, especially yeah. Like Star Wars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like these are, you know, this is a form of expression. This is a form of fan yeah. fiction. But it's just the amount. It's not just you banging away on your keyboard, you know, thinking of uh, yeah. girls going to town on each other. It's like this this is like I'm getting actors. I'm building sets. Yep. You know, I'm I'm editing, doing special effects, doing sound. Um, yeah, that's a real labor of love. And like, what are you getting off? Maybe revenue. 
yeah maybe add revenue until like say disney's like no get rid of all this and it then at that point it just becomes for the well, love of it well that happened with a star wars fan film i don't know if you've seen it but it had to do with uh vader and the emperor and it's mm. amazing. It is very, very good. And then Disney Unlike came in. all Vader Emperor fan fiction, by the way. Just yeah, they're terrible. Know. They're terrible. No. But it was it was amazing. It was great. And Disney came in and they're like, yeah, but we own it. So bye-bye. And George Lucas, of all people, to my, to my understanding, George Lucas, of all people, was the one who stepped in and said, you don't own fan films. And apparently uh, was pretty defensive of the fan film. Hmm. Yeah, pretty surprising that George would do that, but yeah. My favorite bit of a of a Vader Palpatine uh, fan fiction is Star Wars: Lords of the Sith, the official canon book. Boom, roasted. Got him. Got him. Actually got that. Actually got that for Christmas and read it. It was mediocre. I believe that, unfortunately. So yeah. tie. This is a good. This is a great segue. I, I I'm going to let you choose. I have two separate things. I will tell you what the two things are, and you can pick between one or the other. One of them is Star Wars, which I don't think we've done a Star Wars fix so far. We did a um, um, a Drabble. Yes, yes, and I, I do remember that. And the other one is in the same realm as Episode 2. You want me to tell you more, or do you just want to mull that over? Wait, you're saying this is an episode... I have two Star Wars fanfictions to choose from? No, one Star Wars fanfic, one that is not Star Wars, but is in the same universe as Episode 2. As episode our two. second episode, episode. our second episode battle royale arthur uh the, yes okay it is not mm. battle royale or arthur but it is connected to one of those <laughs> it's connected to them but it's neither of them it is neither of them mm, i'm curious now um mm. if you choose the star wars one I'll, t- I'll still tell you what the other one what the other thing is well, that's that's worse now i'm gonna find out what was behind door number three that i didn't pick you know yes I'm 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 trying to host Let's Make a Zeal Deal and you're probably gonna get a zonk or whatever the fuck they're called. This is like the Monty Hall problem where I get to choose one and then if you tell me what the other one is, I should switch regardless, because now I'm down to a fifty fifty shot. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, let's do let's do the let's do the mystery one. Oh I think you chose right, my friend. The Star Wars one, I'll tell you what this one was anyways, is a uh, series of uh it's a it's a it's a series, but I was only gonna read the first chapter. Where Han Solo gets killed by Ben and wakes up as a six-year-old on a foreign planet. And lo and behold, here comes Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Anakin, okay. He become, he just be, he's reincarnated? He's reincarnated in the past. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. That would have been interesting. Yep. So what we're going to do instead, it's, it's a shame. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to mention The Mandalorian. Have you seen it? Because I want to put it in the tag so we can get those listens. Have you seen The Mandalorian? Yes. Yes. Mandalorian, Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal, Mandalorian, Disney Plus. Disney, uh, <laughs> Disney, Disney Plus, Plus, Disney Plus, impeachment, Disney Plus impeachment. Crash, yeah. Plus, uh, yeah. Everything. I did. I did see it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I still have not I seen did, it. Very good to see where it goes. Um, okay. Cool. Cool vibe around it. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's trying too hard, which I'm, I'm happy because sometimes specifically with some of these Star Wars things, it seems like they're trying too hard. Like it's Star Wars. Just chill and it's going to be great. Yeah. So that's kind of the vibe I get from it. Put a lightsaber in someone's hand and just have them fight someone else and people are probably going to be happy. Right. And even in this case, they don't need lightsabers. Exactly. Just do it. Well, sweet. I have not watched it, but we talked about Star Wars and we can put in the tags. So now for the important stuff, I chose PBS Fix. (laughs) Dude, as long as it has nothing to do with Caillou, I'm good. Me and Caillou got serious. fuck Caillou, dude. This is not the first time you've mentioned your Caillou beef, by the way. I just want to throw that one out there. Dude, I have been... I that bald-headed my, little been, bitch. Mike, I have been vehement. I try to keep it clean for the kids because this is a nine-year-old plus podcast. Yeah, yeah. I try to keep it clean for the kids. But off mic, man, if you catch me in the streets, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you're going to have to catch Caillou's body because I'm going to be throwing it. All <laughs> He's right? going to be catching these hands, and you're going to have to catch his body. Yes. So do not see me in the streets and bring up Caillou because me and that Q-tip mofo don't get along. Okay, so the first one. There's two. The first one is called Thoughts on an Endless Nighttime Sky. The sun's setting, and there's a flurry of activity as everyone rushes home. It's getting late. The light's just about gone, and the last door slams shut, echoing down the empty street. It's almost dark, but everyone is behind locked doors and shuttered windows. Oscar looks up and down the street from the vantage point of his can, making sure that there's no one left. 
He's been self-appointed lookout since almost the beginning, not retreating to the safety of his home until the siren wails that last warning. It's been years since anyone's been caught out in the dark, but Oscar stays vigilant. The alternative is too horrible to contemplate. He still has nightmares about the screams and the blood. He can't shake the image of Big Bird, hosing the gore off the sidewalks and the gutters, weeping softly. At one end of the street, there's a tiny memorial garden, a simple wooden bench and a patch of wildflowers. All the residents of the street had come together to help. Big Bird and Cookie, the Count, Bird and Ernie, Grover, Mr. Snuffleupagus, Bob and Gordon and Susan, Maria and Louis and all the others. It had been Linda who'd come up with the idea of painting the names of the fallen on water-smooth stones, and Oscar had signed yes. Alice, Snuffleupagus, and Baby Bear and Jenny had volunteered to paint the names onto the stones, and once finished, they'd been placed carefully among the wildflowers they'd planted. At some point, they designated the summer solstice as a day of remembrance. They gathered at the garden, lit candles and sang, and shared stories about those who were gone. Big Bird always brought the picture of Mr. Hooper and talked about how much he missed his friend. I like that they chose the summer solstice because that's the longest day of the year. Why? Why is it the longest day of the year? No, I know why, but like, what, what, what is the significance of that? The monster comes out at night. The, the thing that is killing people comes out at night. Ah. Oh, so they, so they choose the time. Like, okay. Yeah, they have most time to mourn, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They never mention what lives in the dark, though. It's the snuffleupagus in the room. It takes up the space <laughs> in their minds, but to pay attention to it is to make it stronger. Whatever it is, it's been here as long as the street has. It's taken too many of their friends and family, and Oscar's determined to never lose another member of the community if he can help it. The last rays of sun fade away and the siren blares, a deep, sonorous note that resonates down the street, making Oscar's heart race with fear. There's something about the note, the way it echoes, that fills the street with a sense of wrong, of other, and Oscar hates the sound. He'd been told once that it was an air raid siren, repurposed to give warning for the coming dark, but he's long since forgotten who told him that. It doesn't matter. Oscar retreats into his can, pulling the lid down and making sure it's as secure as possible. He feeds Slimy and makes sure to mess up the place a little, just so he feels like he isn't keeping his home too neat. Slimy has already changed into his nightshirt and hat, so they pick out a book and Oscar reads it to him until his little head starts to droop. Bedtime, Slimy, Oscar says, and Slimy agreeably climbs into bed. And Oscar makes sure he's tucked in. Good night, he whispers. Good night, Slimy replies happily. Oscar makes himself dinner and eats it while reading the newest issue of Garbage Monthly. There's a fascinating article on turning landfills into bioreactors, which not only decomposes the garbage, but produces excess energy as well. The latest, real quick, the latest issue of Garbage Monthly, also known as The Times, The Times, The Very Unfair Times. The Very Unfair they're, they're garbage. They're fake news. I, he was at, <laughs> they showed him getting onto Marine One the other day. And he goes, I don't like fake news like you and you and you. And he just starts pointing at reporters. I'm like, fucking Christ. The Garbage Times is the, the garbage only times, paper that is treated me fairly. AKA CNN. He leaves his dirty dishes on the table and slouches on his couch. Oscar the Grouch slouches on his couch reading until he can't keep his eyes open any longer. His bed is soft and comfortable, and Oscar can hear Slimy's tiny little snores. He falls asleep almost as soon as his head touches the pillow. His dreams are untroubled. Oscar wakes, disoriented. It's late. He can tell by how dark it is. He blinks, waiting for his eyes to adjust. The compressor on his fridge kicks on. A low hum. Hmm. And there's a clicking. The sounds seem loud in the otherwise silent house. The fur on the back of his neck stands up. Goosebumps chasing their way down his back, and his muscles twitch spasmodically. He's breathing fast. His body is screaming at him to run away, but he can't figure out why. Something woke him. He's not sure what, but there's a noise. A loud clatter, not inside, but out, like something being knocked over by clumsy feet in the daytime. It would be a normal sound, the bustle of the residents on the street, but at night? At night, it means something completely different. Danger. Oscar carefully approaches his can. His hands are shaking, but he just clenches them into fists so it's not so noticeable. He's hunched in his trash can, eyes closed and listening, straining to hear. It's impossible. He's almost panting, and it's loud. He tries to relax, slow down, but it's not working. Every sense is in flight, or fight mode. He gasps when there's another thumping metallic rattle close by. He holds his breath, and he can hear a faint serration, 
like something slowly being dragged across the pavement. It's erratic and irregular, clearly not the sound of footsteps. There's no pattern to it, and Oscar inhales deeply through his nose, as quietly as he can. Shht! Shht! The noise is getting closer, though Oscar can't tell how How close. is that written? I'm sorry, how is that, how is that onomatopoeia written? S-S-S-S-H-K-T. Shht! I like that. Yeah, I do too. That's De- well, that's does it sound like I'm pronouncing it right too? I'm hoping, but I, I think that's it. I think that's okay. it. I think um, of Automopia, the like Wolverine, like claws coming out. Yeah, they get big play, but that one doesn't even make sense. This one sounds legit, like a sound. Yeah, it does. It's like you know, you know how like other countries have like different sounds. Like in in Uzbekistan, the cow says, "Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah, Ooh. yeah." In France, the pig says, "Huh?" <laughs> it's like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So I think this person really captured that. Um, For sure. That sound well. Yeah. Though Oscar can't tell how close. And there's something else now. A raspy in and out sound like a large animal breathing. It's terrifying. He's trembling close to panic and he's sure that whatever it is, it's best that it doesn't know that Oscar is here. He should go back to bed. Pull the covers over his head and hope that whatever is outside on the street passes him by. But something drives him to stay right where he is, shaking with dread. Shht! As carefully as he can, he pushes up on the lid of his can a tiny bit. It takes his eyes a few moments to adjust, and it's hard to see through the slot. But there's something. It's bigger than Mr. Snuffleupagus, taller than even Big Bird. It shambles slowly with an uneven gait. Shht! Shht! It doesn't have a definite form, just the barest outline of a shadowed mass. As it moves, Oscar thinks he sees a tentacle in the darkness, but he can't be sure. He must make a sound. It turns towards Oscar, fast, a blur of motion, and Oscar ducks down and the lid settles with a faint click. Shht! Oscar covers his mouth with his shaking hand because he knows it's aware of him. It senses him and it's hunting him. It's near enough that Oscar can hear it breathing, and an underlying growl and the smell hits him, making him gag. It's fetid and cloying, rotten meat and dried blood, and it makes Oscar's stomach turn. Tap, 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 tap. Claws skitter across against the metal of his can, and he feels faint with his fear. He muffles a desperate whimper, and his mind stutters over inconsequential thoughts. Who will take care of Slimy when he's gone? What about his family and Grungetta? He stays as still as he can and waits, hoping against hope that that thing moves on. He thinks of stillness and quiet, of the sadness in Big Bird's eyes and prays. Time stretches out, an instant becomes an eternity. Then, shkt, shkt. Oscar is sure that it's moving away. It has to be moving away. Shkt, it is. He schools himself to patience to be sure that it's moved on before collapsing on his couch. The adrenaline makes him shake and it leaves an electric aftertaste in his mouth, but he's safe for now. Finn. It's literally written Finn. Ooh, Finn. Finn. Nice. What'd you think? Thoughts of an endless nighttime uh, sky. Endless night sky. Um, by who again? AKA mine underscore Chan. Akamine underscore Chan. Akamine Chan. Akamine Chan. Terrible name. Terrible name. Uh, we won't worry about that. No. Um, interesting. Good. I like the um, I like the tension. I get the vibe. It's yeah. Kind of like a mix. It's like um, it's got like the the like the tenth plague of Egypt. Like you know everything mm-hmm. you know at night. You know everyone's got to be shuttered up inside and there's this force that kind of wanders around and um pretend like yeah you know you think of like um the jurassic park they're like hiding from the raptors you know, hold your breath stay still mm-hmm. wait for this thing path it's uh, past it's like un- unstoppable it's gonna get you um what do you think um what do you think it was because they didn't I, mention the count was it the count no they did mention the count uh in the, in they the beginning they did i oh, well i don't so that makes it hard for me to to pick up on that no it's okay I would like to think it's uh, some Lovecraftian monster that came down to Sesame Street and doesn't want to leave. There is nothing in the uh, the uh, Sesame Street canon that it could be. Oh, I, I'm honestly not too aware of Sesame Canon. If I didn't know better, I'd say it's Mr. Snuffleupagus. But well, Mr. Snuffleupagus, they talk about they talk exactly. About they talk about him a lot, so I can't be him. Is it? Ooh, what if it's Mr. Noodle? What if Mr. Noodle finally cracked? I don't know what the fuck Mr. Noodle is, so let me look up Mr. Noodle, which is not something what? I thought I'd ever look up. Mr. You Noodle. don't know Mr. Noodle? <laughs> Shut the fuck you up! Sesame Street? You don't know Mr. Noodle? What the, this is a human being. 
Yes. Maybe he went crazy. Maybe he went Joker and freaked out. They said he thought, well, he does sort of look like the Joker. They said he thought that they saw a tentacle. Yeah, and that could be urban legend. I like that idea, that ambiguity. It's like one person saw a tentacle. The other one saw feathers. It's like they're all just like seeing things. They're seeing Mm -hmm. their own worst fear. That's a good point. I mean, I guess it could be Mr. Noodle. At this point, it's pretty ambiguous. And this is why we're still talking about it. To this day, we're still debating what the thing was on Sesame Street. Oh, I mean, it's 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 a great work of literature. It's always going to be up for debate. I think that's the point, is we yes. all project our own fears onto it. One of the yes. greatest fan fictions ever read. And I'm really glad. This is interesting you brought this up in um, in tandem with the Joker, because yeah. there's there's an SNL skit. Have you seen it? Oh, The Grouch? Yes. The or, Grouch. Uh, um, yeah, that's why that's why I wanted to do it. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go look it up right now. It's, it's really like, funny. Grouch, like a gritty grouch in the form of uh in the in the same vein as the joker do it shot for shot for the killer but it's the grouch from sesame street and what's the actor's name i don't remember the fuck his name is did you say peter parker (laughs) david harbour oh david harbour sorry no you you cut out the 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 call cut out a little bit so i was like what the fuck are you talking about peter parker (laughs) it's definitely not spider-man it's peter parker you know it's Uh, peter parker i I live in a world in a fantasy world where yeah all the fictional characters are real that's why we do fanfic yeah. Uh, any criticisms? Any 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 way to criticize that? Um, I mean, there's just not there's not a lot to criticize no. there. I mean, it's not as pretty solid, solid story. Yeah. It doesn't like divulge. It doesn't show the monster. I've said that before. Like once you it doesn't show drag monster, on either. Kind of kills it. Yeah, it knows when to get. It gets its story yeah. in, and, and it knows when to dip. It knows what it wants to say. So yep. The second one. Do you want to guess what it's about? Once I tell you the name, you'll know exactly what it's about. Uh, what my one criticism would be. It, seem like they're just rattling off the cast list when they go and they just absolutely kind of, yeah I kind, of, I kind of lost interest when you were just going yeah. on and on about all the characters i can't really keep track of who's doing what yeah all right so for the second one do you want to guess the the name or guess the the, the property this is pbs you've done sesame street i'm gonna and you did arthur get, and i did arthur so it's not one of those two no it's another pbs stalwart I'm going to guess Clifford the Big Red Dog. Not Clifford the Big Red Dog, unfortunately. <sighs> okay, we have done a Clifford guess. fic. Or he's been involved in a fic, I guess. From the Drabble oh, Fest. Right. Oh, that's right, he has. My other thing, which I don't think is going to happen, but I wish it would, is Dragon Tales. Dragon Tales? Unfortunately not on that one either. <laughs> have you ever seen okay. Defunct Land TV on YouTube? Defunct Land? Yes, yes I have. They have an episode on Dragon Tales that is really cool. I I like Defunct Land. If you like that, like I guess like children's cartoons or like Disney stuff, and you want to hear about like the inside and out of those, Defunct Land is great. They also have one on Legends of the Hidden Temple, which is really good too. Yeah, well, they kind of talk about things that were big and like how they kind of petered out because they yeah. do one on like a band theme parks. Um, which I yes, was really that was really good. They did a piece on um in um, Di- um Tokyo Disneyland. Yeah, there's like a rock that used to be in the basement of Cinderella's castle and how it was like popular, but it was really dark and mm-hmm. then it kind of petered out and it's still there kind of. Yeah. They, they've transitioned to something else. Yeah. That's an excellent YouTube channel. That's yeah. a great rack. Definitely great rack. rack. Great rack. I'm glad, I'm glad I thought of it. You said Dragon Tales and I think the last one I watched was the Dragon Tales one. So it is Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Woo. Okay. I'm not going to read you the summary because I don't want to spoil it, but it is written by Care Bear 94 and Care is written with a K. So this is obviously a subversive author. This is very edgy. Yes, and I will say there's another beloved children's individual who makes an appearance in this, and you'll know by the fourth paragraph, or I guess like fourth little chunk of writing. This is a crossover. It is a crossover. I don't believe he's a PBS individual, but I know that he was produced by Disney. Oh, okay. Okay. That sounds good. I'm in. I'm in. I'm ready. Both men prided themselves on being influential figures on children's television. Both of them prided themselves more on how many kills they've been able to get away with, especially when they pass the other up on the number of people they've killed. These men are probably people you know from your childhood, people you've looked up to your whole life. That's exactly what they're counting on. Bill Nye and Mr. Rogers met weekly to discuss, (laughs) read, compare their lists. Lately, Mr. Rogers has been in kind of a slump, while Bill's popularity has risen since his appearance on Dancing with the Stars. This made it easier for Bill to get some poor, mistrusting stole to go with him somewhere isolated to do what he called science science experiments. I fucking butchered that one. 
Mr. Rogers would never tell his friend this, but he was a tiny bit jealous, absolutely green with envy. Of course, Bill knew this and took every opportunity to brag about his most recent kill. And then I dripped some mercury in the girl's eyes, about five grams in the left, ten grams in the right, just to see what would happen. You should have seen the results. How was my Bill Nye impression? Um, I, I need more enthusiasm. More enthusiasm. That was the first time I've ever tried to do a Bill Nye impression. So I'm pretty pleased with it, quite frankly. But we'll see. We'll see where I go with that. Mr. Rogers also didn't like how Bill tortured his targets either. He, his own preferred method was much better and tastier. And so what? much more riskier, which made it that much more fun. So like every week, they found themselves in the usual argument. When you get rid of the bottles, bodies, you leave nothing left but a bunch of hazardous waste, which is normal. Oh, fuck. This is a, this is a Mr. Rogers line, so give me a second. <laughs> Jeez, your Mr. Rogers is on point. I don't know about your <laughs> bull night, but your Raj, as, speaking as the resident uh, accent and impressions guy, your yes. Raj is great. All right, you ready? Yep. When you get rid of the bodies, you leave nothing left but a bunch of hazardous waste, which is normal for a scientist such as yourself. It's no fun. You should do it my way. Leave a little bit of evidence for the police to chase their tails with. The high of being suspected feels so good. You need to try it sometime, Bill. Oh, Freddy! Mr. Rogers hated being called Freddy, or Fred, or anything other than Mr. Rogers. But the experiments are so great! The human body is absolutely fascinating! <laughs> so are the culinary arts, and the neighbors love the pies. Oh, who cares about the neighbors? Science is so much better! Mr. Rogers was fed up with Bill's attitude, and he was sure that Bill was provoking him on purpose. If only he could find a way to get rid of his rival. Then a thought dawned on him. Why don't I have you over for dinner tomorrow night so I can show you some neighborly hospitality, Bill? Mr. Oh Rogers said. That way you can see what it means to be a neighbor. Why, sure, Bill said. He didn't realize what Mr. Rogers meant, because if you are good at science, you obviously are not good at English, and therefore at understanding puns or euphemisms of what neighborly hospitality could be. No one who watched Bill Nye also enjoyed reading Rainbow. That idea is ridiculous. So agreeing on a time for the next meeting, Bill left and Mr. Rogers began to plan. Scheme. He hummed and sang softly as he started his work. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Dinner time the next day came not soon enough for Mr. Rogers. He had been planning all day and decided that his normal routine of cutting up and eating his targets would not do for Bill. He found that, although the man talked and bragged too much and didn't kill right, he would miss him if he was gone for good. Fortunately, he came up with a solution. He had several recipes recipes placed in front of him. I just want to point out there are probably five or six spelling and grammar mistakes, and that one little, like, five-sentence uh, paragraph just bothers me. It's not a big deal. Yeah, this is interesting. I feel like, you know how some films and media take place in a universe where, like, violence and death are, like, very common? Mm -hmm. I feel like this takes place in that universe where they talk so casually about like, oh yeah, what are your kills at? Like, how, what's your yeah. you now? This is like the world where, like, this is like the Quentin Tarantino world where Hitler actually got killed. So everyone's like really into violence and kind of desensitized to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haggis stew, fried cow brains, lamb heart soup, and several other recipes for various internal organs. Nothing for skin. Mr. Rogers secretly admitted to himself that sometimes chemicals were useful, if only for stopping the post-mortem stiffness and rotting of the flesh from coming on. Finally, the time had come. Mr. Rogers' trap was set, and Bill had finally come. He was going to walk right into the trap. Mr. Rogers' heart began to quicken in excitement. Welcome, Bill, Mr. Rogers said once his friend, victim, rang the doorbell. He came in. He didn't have a host gift or even a salad. Well, that wasn't very neighborly of him. I'm glad I came, Bill said. I got another can add to my... I got another can add to my list now. What? I got another... I, I got another kill I can add... I, I'm guessing it's I got another kill I can add to my list now. Uh, I can't I'm wait to tell you about it. That's great, Bill, Mr. Rogers said with a fake cheer. But first, let me get you something to drink. What'll it be? Oh, I'll have water. Water is one of the most amazing chemicals. <laughs> Don't you agree? <laughs> especially because it dissolves knockout drugs very well. Bill laughed at that again. At that. Again, he didn't get English, so he wouldn't understand that Mr. Rogers was drugging his drink. He didn't get <laughs> English? What? <laughs> well, he said earlier because he's a science guy. He doesn't understand English, obviously. <laughs> okay. Bill drank deeply. He put his glass down with a sigh. 
his lids began to close unwillingly. His eyes began to close unwillingly. Yeah, his lids. His lids. His eyelids. His lids. Okay, that's a weird way to put that. <laughs> bro, shut your lids. Let's grab a quick nap. Yeah, bro. Wait, he said. That that water. It didn't taste like normal water. What is in it? Why do you notice that as you're passing out? Like that water tasted funny. He drank deeply. He just he literally chugged it. Bill's Bill seems like he's like on like coke. Like he Bill does everything like to the fullest. Just some of this, Mr. Rogers said, handing Bill the label. His face dawned with understanding, but it was too late. Mr. Rogers had succeeded. Bill never woke up. The next week, just after lunchtime, when Bill usually came to Mr. Rogers' house so they could discuss their weeks, Bill sat down on his couch. Well, Bill, I'm sure you're dying to know who I killed this week, he said. He chuckled. Well, I guess you're not. He told the stuffed body on the armchair. You were, you were delicious, though, he said. The neighbors loved you. It was a beautiful day. The name of the fic is A Beautiful Day. Wow, that's it? Yeah. Wow. That is, um, wow. Mm-hmm. What do you think? So they, they um, jeez. They, um, they, they, like, put together a lot of, um, a lot of killers in Mr. Rogers. I feel like... Bill was just kind of like a like a murderer, but Mr. Rogers had like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, um, he had like you know shades of like you know he stuffed his body. I don't even ever played like Heavy Rain. Yeah, so there's this guy who like taxidermied all these kills in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty common trope. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, um, I, did, I did not realize there was a market for like horror based PBS fix, but we're there. Is is there a market? I mean, does this have like a lot of comments and, and likes and kudos? Uh, 63 kudos, 10 comments. The Oscar the Grouch one had a ton, like a ton of comments. Yeah, yeah I think that one's a little more, that was a little more atmospheric. This one, you know, not, not as great depth. And I would assume that most of their targets are children, though it's not like mentioned since they're both children's uh, TV hosts. Mm-hmm. Didn't really do a great job establishing the killers. It's just like, okay, you you know, you've always yeah. had that feeling that Mr. Rogers got like a crazy body count, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Mr. Rogers is stacking bodies. <laughs> they didn't really um establish him too much yeah. as like creepy. They're just kind of like playing off your if you think he's creepy. Then yep. yeah, suspicions are confirmed. They don't really give a lot there. Um but yo, shout out. I mean, best part about that fit, gotta give it up to the performance. You know, the Bill Nye and, and down to the the Mr. Rogers, you made oh. us write a very believable creep. You're too kind, um, thank you. That's good. That was good. Yeah. I will have to say there were a lot of spelling and spelling mistakes. Uh, they 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 chose the longer do at one point that wasn't necessary. They're like D O O D U E. What? Yeah. Well, I'm like, I'm, what, what did you do? Yeah. Wow. What did you do? What? Fuck, bro. <laughs> you did the longer one. Dude, just shut your lids and move on, man. Shut your lids, motherfucker. Move on. <laughs> Shut those lids. Well, if it's got a bunch of we we've been picking some highbrow stuff. We got to get back to the terrible spelling and no grammar. I mean, that's, oh, that's I, where it's really I had one that was called "Jesus Didn't Save the Worlds" for me to write something like this, but it was it was too crazy. It wasn't PBS. It was um, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, and um, <laughs> I, I just couldn't. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. Barely legible. My um my other gripe. Um, is that Bill Nye looked it up. Bill Nye performed on Dancing the Stars in like 2013. Uh, at that point, Mr. Rogers, sadly, was long past. So I don't really understand mm. when this is taking place. Further adding fuel to my idea that this is maybe an Elseworlds. Maybe this is an alternate reality. I like that. Um, I like that I, a lot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, dark multiverse? They both have killed many people. Yes. What's that? I said dark multiverse, perhaps? Ooh, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. perhaps. I I just want to put out my gripe. If you're going to gripe, I think I have yep. the opportunity to gripe. I want to give my gripe about the fact that Bill Nye is not a science guy. Um, I, it, it, I, I he has a bachelor's degree, and I just I, you know there's nothing in, wrong with bachelor's degrees, but for for someone to take mechanical the, engineering in mechanical in engineering, engineer. yes, yes. So, would you call yourself a science guy, Ryan? Would you be Would you be willing to um, make videos and uh, condescend towards people who don't agree with you? There was a moment. There was a moment when I was graduating, and me and my buddy, we like moved our tassels, and I was like, "Wait a second, I'm I'm like a scientist now. You're just like, as qualified like as Bill Nye. I know engineering is is its own thing. You think of STEM, like science, yeah. technology, engineering, yeah. and math. They kind of keep them separate. But I'm like, 
yeah, I, I, I do science and I've never felt less like a scientist than I do. <laughs> so, I, I do applaud him for resisting the urge to be like doctor. Cause when you're on TV and you talk about science a lot, I mean, yeah. just very, and you wear a lab coat and bow tie, it's very natural. Just be like, Oh, Dr. Bill, mind the science. No, yeah. he's never, um, never paraded that. So good, good restraint there. And he's, mm-hmm. I don't I mean, to my knowledge, I'm sure he has plenty of like honorary doctorates. He's I, say, I think he has an honorary doctorate. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, like Dr. Shaquille O'Neal obviously yeah. does. Uh, DeVry Online University honorary. I think it's Arizona State actually, but that yeah. might be worse than DeVry. Shouts he, to Arizona State. When he Sun played Devils. at the Suns. Yeah. I, um, I believe Dolph Lundgren is more qualified to be a science guy than he is. Bill? Yeah. Dolph Lundgren is like a, um, I think he's a Fulbright scholar and a couple other things. I think he, he at is least he? has a master's in something. Yeah. Wow. If you're Bill, why don't you just go back and get it over with? Just get, like, your master's in, like, earth science or something. See, the thing is, when he was putting out his kid stuff and I was a child, um, I liked him a lot. But now that I'm older and he's, like, putting out new shit, but all it ever seems like he does is, like, judge people and talk down to people. I don't... Bro. Shut the fuck up, bro. Dolph Lundgren Lundgren went to MIT. Dolph Lundgren went to MIT. And he was a Fulbright scholar, right? I think he was. It looks like he got his master's at the University of... Sydney. Yep. Is that right? Wait, yeah. Why is he? Uh... What did he get it in? Like nanotechnology or some stupid shit like that? He stupid. got his Fulbright to MIT in '83. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He would quit studying at MIT after two weeks. Well, <laughs> he got it, but he didn't complete it. Yeah. I mean, just getting it alone is pretty fucking impressive. That's what I've learned in this life. If you get something, then you don't even need to finish it. You no, not at enough. all. Exactly. So yes, those were the fix. Um, I hope you enjoyed. I did, and I loved learning about Dolph Lundgren today. Good. I'm glad I could teach you that. So what are you stoked on this week, Ryan? I'm stoked on, so uh, Binge Mode, this podcast from the ringer.com. They they do like these big like recaps. They did a really famous one for uh, Game of Thrones. Pretty much did every single episode. Wow. Analyzed, recapped it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just two, two people who work for the ringer, two writers, and... Um, now they're doing binge mode Star Wars. They just completed binge mode Harry Potter. So if you like Harry Potter, go check it out. Sick. But right now they're in the middle of they're in the middle of binge mode Star Wars, and they just went go movie by movie, chronological order. Chronological and, um, as they came out, or in the timeline. In the timeline. In the okay. Timeline. Um, I suppose. Um, and they just do these really good analyses of it. Um, and you know they go into like the the meaning behind everything, which is fine because you know it's Star Wars, so it's it's got some. It's got pretty basic meaning as opposed to something like a Game of Thrones, which is pretty layered. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do a good job. And it's just it's just really funny. And if anyone's like you know raptured with all the Star Wars stuff that's going on between Mandalorian and the run up to Rise of Skywalker, I would totally recommend it. I've been listening to it pretty nonstop. Sweet, um, good podcast. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'm hyped on is Kyle Trask, quarterback of the Florida Gators. Oh my god! Out there. Yes. I've been Team Trask since like 2014. We and, have been uh, Trask men nice, for nice so long. I remember sitting with you talking about how he yeah. needed to be starter. It, it, it doesn't feel good to be right about this one because it should have happened long ago. It feels it feels it doesn't feel good to be right, but it does feel nice to be vindicated. Yes, I, feel I just vindicated. I want to point out. I'm pretty sure he had better stats in the Georgia game than Jake Fromm. Just throwing that out there. Pretty sure that you can fact check me on that. But he his QB rating is like third best in the SEC. Yeah, no, he's a beast. He's an absolute He's, fucking monster. Um, so I feel good about Kyle Yeah. I am stoked on Kyle Trask. And if I, you see him, if you see him on campus, because you're on campus, give him a big bro. old kiss on the lips for I me. I look for I him all the time. I think, I'm, I think I'm the same height as him, so it wouldn't even be an awkward kiss. It would just sort of be magical, but I look for him all the time. <laughs> he, you would get a heel pop for sure. Oh, oh my God. I, we would both heel pop simultaneously. I think we, we would double heel pop and fall to the ground out of excitement. <laughs> I think he hangs out at the um, I like at Palomino's like pool hall. If you're actually interested, yeah. They also a lot of football players go bowling at the Wrights Union on Thursday nights after practice. So if I ever oh wanted God. to see him, I could go wow. there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Kyle wow. Pitts goes Kyle. there like once a week. Yeah, gosh. All right, cool. Well, I'm yeah. stoked on that. I'm Good. Listening. So I, I, you know, I, I will also um, do two things. I'm stoked on since you sort of did two. The first one is um, me being nerdy, and the second one is me repeating myself. So that's that's how I'm going to justify me giving two. The first one. I, since I moved down here, I I have a lot of books and I keep ordering books for, for my classes and reading them and thinking, fuck, I just have too many goddamn books, but I didn't have a bookshelf. So I was just stacking them on my floor and it was getting bad. Like I looked like I was building a wall of books and, um, (laughs) 
over the weekend, I went to Ikea down in Orlando and I got just one of the cheap, like $30 bookshelves, but man, it looks nice. And when I, when I, um, built it and then, you know, I, I did the smart thing that you should do to save yourself and your children. And I, um, screwed it into the wall. You anchored it. I anchored it. Um, I didn't know I was talking to a baby. I live on the edge. I anchored nothing. All right. Well, good luck with that one day when you have children and you find your children collapsed under a wall of books that you murdered them with. And uh, that's a fair point, but I do not plan on keeping my like $14 styrofoam table when I have grown and have children. <laughs> and if I do, then I may be able to it. Okay. That's, that's the Tucci. That's a good point, Tucci. Uh, but I, I got it. I got it built. I got it anchored. And then I put the books on, but I didn't put them in order. And so I was like, nah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be. OCD about this and I ordered them uh, I have one section which is my fi- first off I didn't have enough shelf space so I had to go into another um, like dresser that I had and put some books in there but uh, I, I have them ordered by fiction um, alphabetical by author then non-fiction alphabetical by author and then all of my anthropology books that are that I've used for a class or could uh-huh. use for a class alphabetical by author and um Sweet Jesus! Every time I look at it, I get a little bit of a, a little bit of a stiffy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that makes me an adult or a nerd or both, but I'm I'm very stoked on it. I don't know. It's just uh, I I feel like there's something that really good. makes you your own thing. I don't I don't know if that categorizes you anything. As That's anything. a good that point. Makes you kind of your own. I I I just want. It feels good to um, take something that was disorganized or messy and clean it and organize it and know that like that part is taken care of. And you know what I mean? I don't have to look at a stack of books on the ground anymore and think, Oh fuck, I really need to get a bookshelf that I had been doing for like two months. I just have a fucking bookshelf now and it looks really goddamn nice. So, um, I'm, I'm stoked on that. I would, I would literally send Bro, you a picture you, uh, of the bookshelf right now. Cause I am like, I'm, I'm so stiffy about it right now. Are you Marie, you Marie Kondo did you seen that on Netflix, Marie Kondo tidying up? No. She takes someone's like pigsty. Just like gives them like Ikea like drawer organizers and it looks amazing. Dude, I would do that right now for anybody. Honestly, doing shit like that brings me a lot of joy for some reason. I don't know. I think I have something wrong with it's me. Called, but like, literally, that's her thing. The show it's called Sparking Joy. You got to watch that. Now. Oh, is that you the is it. that the Asian lady? This box joy. This does not. Yes. Yes. Oh no! Don't make me watch it because then I'll watch all of them. No, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. Hey, oh, we get you hyped. Which, is... Speaking of which, when I went to. I did not go to a Halloween party this year. I went to a Samhain party. I don't even want to get into it. It's a story. But yes. while I was there, someone asked a question about Queer Eye. They're like, which person from Queer Eye do you think does the most work? And they weren't talking to me. They were just kind of like throwing the question out there. And I <laughs> totally like surprised them fan. with my knowledge. Yes. Like any good Queer Eye fan, you ran from across the room. I absolutely did. Yelling Bobby. I ran from across the room yelling Bobby. I hope you know I did. I really, I was like, Bobby, Bobby. Hands down. Are you going to try to tell me Karamo does? And she's like, well, no, it's not Karamo, of course. I'm like, it's not. It's Bobby. So that was I'm nice. Glad. I'm glad. The other thing I'm stoked on is Titan Season 2 on DC Universe. Titan Season 1 was good. It was I liked it, but it, was, uh, it really needed to establish the world. It left a lot of questions. It was pretty open-ended. really don't like what they're doing with Starfire, but that's okay. For Beast Boy, they've literally shown him turn into an animal like three times up to this point in Season 2. But Titan Season 2 focuses on the old Titans, and so it has like a lot of flashbacks, and the main villain is Deathstroke, and sweet, sweet baby Jesus, Titan Season 2 is amazing. It is so good. So I'm stoked on that. That's another I, DC I Universe stoke. See, the thing is, I don't even want to compare it to Doom Patrol. Um, first off, I want to say all the live-action DC Universe shows that have come out so far have all been immaculate. Swamp Thing is absolutely gorgeous. I'm very upset that it's only stuck on one season, but I'm not convinced that that's said and done because HBO Max, the HBO streaming service, they just announced that Doom Patrol Season 2 is also going to premiere um, simultaneously on DC Universe and HBO Max. And when HBO Max comes out, it's going to have every DC movie Ever and every DC show ever. So I am convinced that when Swamp Thing gets on HBO Max, if the numbers are good enough, they're going to bring it back for a second season, and they should. It is amazing. Anyways, you saw that there's a, you saw that there's a, a live action Green Lantern inspired film fuck TV show. Me, for, yes, I'm, for HBO Max. I am so ready for that. I um I saw that and I was like, fuck, now I have to get HBO Max. I want to die because um yeah, no, I, I'm excited for it. So all the live action shows, and they are not the CW shows. They are 
well and above the CW shows. I don't dislike the CW shows, but they're very, um, I don't want to say campy, but they are their own thing. I don't know if you saw that shitty ass CG from Supergirl that was on Twitter. Daytime soap operas. They're soap operas, yeah. And I loved The Flash when it first came out, but every single season, I have to get faster. Bro, either you're, and he starts off every episode, I'm Barry Allen, the fastest man alive. And then 20 minutes in the episode, I have to get faster. Bro, are you the fastest man alive or you need to get faster? Why is it every time you say you're the fastest man alive, I mean, that's, another speedster comes out of nowhere and is faster than you? That is kind of like the Flash comic series in a nutshell, it, though. It is, for sure. But it's one of those things where, like, the I I, I don't know. I, it's a soap opera. The, the CW shows are soap operas. And Arrow, to me, like, I love watching Arrow just because I know that the storylines aren't that great. But I just I like the soap opera part of Arrow. Like that's the reason that I I, I loved that hmm. show when it first came out. You know I can enjoy some trashy or like not highbrow award winning TV for a little bit. But Supergirl I, I I watched three episodes of Supergirl and I just couldn't do it when it like from when it was on CBS. So, anyways I the 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 CW or not CW yeah the CW shows cannot compare to the DC Universe shows. I think the DC Universe shows are a whole nother level. I think they are so good. And um, Titan season two came out. It's Deathstroke centered. And from season one, they had Wonder Girl, Donna Troy, in it for, like, a blink. I did not realize that she was going to end up being one of my favorite characters. And the girl that plays her is so good. She is such the, – the, the way yeah. they're handling her character is amazing. Hawk and Dove, who aren't really big in the Titans in the comics, are awesome. The guy who plays um, Hawk is Thad from Blue Mountain State, if you've ever seen that. Or Aquaman <laughs> from um, – what's the um, – the the Smallville Aquaman from Smallville really yeah and so he plays Hawk um and the backstory they give Hawk in um season one is just just like poetic it's it I don't say poetic but it's really good and they the the, the best episodes of season one are the right. Hawk and Dove episodes which are only like three now that season one's bad I think it's still really good okay. but season two is just a whole they're, they're like season one was good but we're going to do this a little different. And season two is just another level. It's not even done yet. And I, I, I love it. It's really good. It's not, I don't want to say it's my favorite huh. live action DC universe show. I also want to say that they Ooh, had one episode. They had one show, uh, one episode called Connor Kent, which is about Superboy. If I had to take yep. a single comic book show episode and judge them individually, uh, Connor Kent, that episode is probably the best single episode of a comic book TV show I've ever seen in my live action comic book TV show I've ever seen in my life. It is so good. Wow. Well, obviously you've never seen Marvel's Inhumans. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I need to watch those. I'm sorry. Along with everybody else. Because <laughs> I bet they're on Disney Plus. Ooh. I'm going to check those out. Yeah, you got to watch them now. So, yes, I'm so like unfinished on... concept art. Basically, I'm stoked on bookcases and Titan season two. Well, I can definitely tell you're stoked about Titan. It makes me more excited about the Green Lantern series. It is written by the guy who wrote every CW show. Greg Berlanti. So he realized that there are different um, things. They're different markets. He realized that um, CW is more episodic and more um, drama based. And he realized that the ones on the DC Universe app can be a little grittier, a little more real life and a little like edgier. So also, he, he'll return to his cinematic roots, and if you look at his resume, oh look, the Green Lantern movie is his cinematic roots for yes. writing. Also, uh, Titan season one had the debut first ever depiction of live action Jason Todd. Ooh, well there you go, yep. revolutionary. People are looking for representation. I'm just looking for Jason Todd on TV. Jason, the the guy they have playing Jason Todd is really good. I I honestly my favorite character in Titans besides Connor, who's been in it for like two episodes. Um, is definitely Dick Grayson. When, when he got cast, people were a little upset, thinking they could have chose someone better. I think what they do with the character and how they have uh, it's Brendan Thwaites. It's the guy who plays Will Tanner's son in Pirates Five. I think he does a great job. That's what I'm stoked on. He looks like um, he looks. I don't know if this is a like hot take or if everyone says this. He looks like the um, looks like the game theory guy from YouTube. <laughs> I don't know that reference, but I'm sure it's accurate. For the for the point one listener who <laughs> also watches Game Theory on YouTube, I think he looks like that guy. I don't know his name. I can't give you any other information than that. So go forth, Godspeed. Go off into that good night of the internet and and, and try to figure out what I'm talking about. Ryan, the Game Theory guy. That's what you are right now. I'm I'm looking I'm looking it up to see if I can. No, I don't see. I just see Game Theory. It's a bunch of. Oh my God, he does look like him. The Game Theory guy. Like 
The game theory guy looks like a mix between Brennan Thwaites and Cody Ko. Oh, sounds like my dream guy. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm a little interested romantically. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. That's we good. sound both very stoked on multiple. So we really I'm do. I'm glad. Well, I uh, thank you for sticking with us and for listening. We hope that you enjoyed. I had a good time. I hope you did too, Ryan. But yes, thank you for listening. Please remember that we have a Twitter, a Facebook, and a uh, a, a a MySpace, a uh, Grinder, a uh, what else do we have? Uh, a Tumblr. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, we have uh, oh a YouTube. I'm gonna make a Grinder up here in New York and just like match with dudes. And like, yeah, I'm sorry if you read that wrong, but. Here's the link to our, our, our uh, Mario Murder Mystery episode. Now that you're all horned <laughs> up, I hope you like this. That's Some a, of the bro- that's of a our brilliant marketing. That's good. We might start doing that. Yeah, thank you for listening. We do have a Patreon. If you want to become a patron on that, it's as little as a dollar a month. You know, we've been pretty shitty about putting out content early, but we've been shitty about recording content early too. So you'll at least be helping us out if you enjoy us with hosting costs. And um, we will say... We have some stuff in, in the works that uh, hopefully we'll have some good content put out by the end of the year. What do you think, Ryan? Um, yeah, no, definitely. I think um, I think we got some stuff stuff under the hood that's very exciting. Yeah. So if you you know stick stick with us, please subscribe. If you like us, please rate us. Uh, we haven't had a rating in a while, which is totally okay because quite frankly, I don't think either of us really really look at that that much. But the ratings do do a lot. They help us get in the algorithms, and they help other people find us that, uh, you know, might like us but don't know any better. So even if you don't rate us or you don't want to give us monies on Patreon, we'd still actually really appreciate it if uh, you guys just did the old-fashioned thing and told your friends about us. You know, word of mouth is a really, really good tool, and um, we would love to build a community between you and your friends, and we're really, really active on Twitter, so we would... Love it if you shared it with your friends, shared it with people you think you might like us, and you know I think we'd get better fans that way, more interactive and, and fans that, that really, really seem to care. So thank you for your time, and I guess what's left is, uh, Ryan, what should we remember? You know, we truly do think of each and every one of you as our neighbor, and it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my Andre? Have a good day, everyone.